Well, today is really going to be your day. You know, I believe that God has been speaking to me and doing something really special in my life, and I want to pass it on to you. And I in this moment in my life, I'm experiencing the tenderness of God. And I want to talk about that today. And I began to share some of this last week at our 1030 service, but I wasn't able to share it at our earlier service. So I want to catch you up, but I want to catch you up more importantly to what God's doing in my life, because I know if he's speaking this to me, he's speaking it to, to you as well. And tenderness, the tenderness of Jesus is one of the most beautiful aspects of our savior. In Luke chapter four, verse 18, he talks about how his the Holy Spirit has anointed him and he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted and several other things. But I want to double click on to heal the brokenhearted because we've been spending the last several weeks on healing trauma in our lives and receiving the Holy Spirit's miracle health, health and wellness in our soul, you know, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month around the world. I believe God has given us the greatest secret of all to mental, emotional health and well-being, the, the healing of the human heart, the healing of the human soul. And the Holy Spirit is the administrator of that healing. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to heal our trauma, to heal us from limiting memories, from limiting wounds in our lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you to heal today. We invite you to heal inside and out. We invite you to heal the memories that we have, the ones that we have forgotten, the memories that are holding us back, the abuse that we may have experienced, the mistreatment, the betrayal, the, the mistakes, the failures. We just invite you to heal us in Jesus name. Amen. Now, listen, when we invite the Holy Spirit, to come and do something in our lives. Let's expect him to come. Let's expect it to happen. Now, I point you to a place in Luke chapter 11 where Jesus said, what father among you? If his son asks for a fish, what father would give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, what father would give him? What father would give his child a scorpion instead of an egg? If Jesus goes on to say, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, the power of God, the healing of God, the transforming anointing of the Holy Spirit is yours for the asking. Now, before we go any further in healing our soul through the tenderness of Jesus, let's just look at some medical evidence of the healing power of tenderness. So a study was done from the Cedars Sinai Medical Center, and it shows that therapeutic touch reduces pain and anxiety in cancer patients. Imagine this. Now, it reduces the pain and the anxiety. It's, it's mental, it's emotional, it's physical as well, all because of the power of tenderness and touch. Research by the University of North Carolina showed that Hugging and holding hands can reduce stress. Now, this is just human tenderness can reduce stress, lower blood pressure, improve heart health. How how much more can the tenderness of Jesus do these things in our lives and so much more? There was also a 
doctor named James Lynch, whose work was called The Healing Power of the Human Voice. And it shows us the power that tenderness can convey. His work suggests several benefits of tender communication. Here's just a list of some of them. Number one, tenderness alleviates loneliness. A kind voice, his study found, can diminish feelings of loneliness and isolation, fostering a sense of connection. In fact, maybe you're feeling lonely right now and you're you're alone and you're lost in your relationships and you lack the kind of safety in the relationships that you have, that you do feel lonely or isolated. I want to pray for you right now and I pray that you would hear the 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 tenderness of Jesus through my voice, that the touch of Jesus through my prayer. Father, thank you that you said you make a home for the lonely. You comfort the lonely. Your presence is greater than the presence of any human. And we ask right now for anyone who is feeling that sense of emptiness and loneliness as as a signal now to invite you to fill that place. Lord, fill that place in each of our hearts right now in Jesus name. Amen. So this study revealed that tenderness alleviates loneliness. It reduces stress and anxiety, gentle support. Supportive conversations can lower stress, anxiety levels and promote relaxation. I mean, there's a lot of drugs that people use to try to do all of these things. And yet the tenderness of the human touch or human tenderness. And yet we're talking about divine tenderness, which is so much better and on such a greater level and such a deeper level as well. It also found that tenderness increases happiness, uplifting words and encouragement, boosts mood and promotes overall happiness. It enhances understanding, clear, compassionate communication helps us understand and resolve conflicts. Number five, it improves physical health. Lynch found that positive social interactions through tender conversations improved cardiovascular health, boosted immunity and even increased life expectancy. Number six enhances emotional well-being. Tender conversations contribute to better emotional health. Boy, if we just took time and just listened for the tender voice of God and when we deal with other humans in our life, people are not a problem to solve, but they are people to enjoy. And if we would show tenderness in our voice, in our touch, then there's emotional healing on the other side of that. Improved self-esteem on the other side of it. Overall life satisfactions on the other side of it and healing the soothing quality of a tender voice triggers the body's natural healing processes, aiding in recovery from illness and trauma. Now, listen to how tender Jesus is in Luke in, uh, excuse me, in Isaiah, chapter 42, verse three through four. And I want to zero in on this phrase, a bruised reed, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench or extinguish. Now, notice he talks about two conditions in our lives that Jesus is very aware of and very interested in healing. He says a bruised reed and a smoldering wick. What is a bruised reed? A bruised reed is a metaphor for the human heart burdened by guilt, burdened by shame, burdened by feelings associated with sin 
the human heart burdened by bad choices, mistreatment, betrayal, abuse, brokenness, disappointment, heartache, all these things. This is something that. Jesus says he is very concerned about and very committed to healing a bruised reed. He will not break when you're down. He won't push you further. He'll pull you up when you're out. He'll bring you in when you're in something you shouldn't be in. He'll bring you out. He'll come in there with you, stay in there with you as long as you're struggling with it. And he'll bring you out at the perfect time. So he says a bruised reed. Jesus binds up our heels, binds up and heals our wounds. With his own blood, and the oil of his love, the wine and the oil of his love. These are all symbols of Jesus presence and Jesus anointing and Jesus healing and Jesus miracle power. He manifests his grace and restores comfort to the afflicted. He revives our souls. That's what he does to a bruised reed. Have you been bruised? He will not break you. And then it says a smoldering wick. He will not quench the wick or a candle is this picture of a candle going out. It has a little heat. It has maybe a little flicker left. This speaks of us who are struggling with dimming faith, with our faith that's dim, our hope that's dim, our love seems dim. It seems like such a a little wick left, a little flicker left, but he will not quench us. He will not extinguish it. You know, we all have been at that point, that edge of feeling like giving up, the edge of feeling like throwing in the towel. Just want you to know when you throw in the towel, it's okay. Jesus will pick that towel up and he'll use it to clean you up. He'll use it to pull you up. He'll use it to pull you to him and closer to him. He'll use it to bandage up your wounds and wipe your face with his loving hand and his loving kindness and tender touch. You know, Thomas was considered the doubting disciple, right? His faith in Jesus was mm, it was questionable. It had become dim. But what did Jesus do? He didn't shame Thomas. He didn't say, Thomas, I'm not going to show you my hands. When Thomas said, I have to see the nail prints in your hands, the, the, the spear print in your side. And Jesus put his hands up, came back a second time after his resurrection, came back to the room where the disciples were a second time just for Thomas. Wow. Just for the doubter. He didn't say, you know what? Forget that guy. We'll find another disciple who believes we'll find somebody else. We'll do better than Thomas. We'll get better than Thomas. No, Jesus doesn't dispose of us like that. Jesus doesn't extinguish us like that. Jesus doesn't quench us out like that. Jesus doesn't dis dispose of us like a paper cup. No, he he comes to us and he rekindles our little flame into a fiery flame of passion and love for the glory of God and for a relationship with God. Wow. When you start thinking about and seeing these kinds of characteristics. Of Jesus and of our Heavenly Father, you start opening up, you feel safe, you feel like God's not out to get you. He's out to bless you. He's out to heal you. He's out to inspire you. I love this passage of scripture in the message translation, verse three and four. It says 
He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt. He won't disregard the small and the insignificant, but he will steadily and firmly set things right. And then verse four says he won't tire out or quit. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work to set things right on earth. I want you to think about these promises of Jesus tenderness. This is so important. There's five things here in this passage of scripture that reflect the promises of Jesus tenderness in your life. And listen, this is so important because we are healed in direct proportion to our vision and our view of the tenderness of Jesus. We are healed. We are encouraged. We are strengthened. We are made joyful in proportion to our view of Jesus tenderness. So the promises of Jesus tenderness ready, here they are. Number one, he says here he won't brush aside the bruised and hurt. Have you ever felt brushed aside, ever felt less important? He won't brush you aside because you're bruised. He won't brush you aside because you failed. He won't brush you aside because you've made several mistakes. He won't. He didn't brush. He didn't brush Peter aside, who denied him three times. He didn't brush Thomas aside, who who didn't believe him. He was the doubter. He didn't even brush Judas aside. He was ready to bring Judas back into the fold. But Judas had made the decision to brush himself aside. But that wasn't Jesus decision. Number one, he won't brush you aside just because you're hurt, just because you're bruised. Number two, he won't disregard you because you're small or you feel insignificant. You're not small to him. You're not insignificant to him. But even still to this world, you may look small and insignificant to the popular people. You may seem small and insignificant when you compare yourself to others. You may feel small and insignificant, but he will not disregard you. He will not consider you small. He will not consider you insignificant. That is the beauty of his tenderness. He's not needing you to perform in a certain way to be able to receive his tenderness. If you feel small, if you feel insignificant, you're just the kind of person that Jesus is interested in being with. Number three, he'll steadily and firmly set things right. In other words, he's going to bring stability in your life. He's going to bring consistency in your life. He's going to continue to do a work in your life. And in fact, it says the very next part of this verse, he won't tire out. How many of us have felt like Oh, God's probably tired of hearing from me. God's probably tired of hearing me complain. God's probably tired of hearing me pray. He's probably tired of hearing me ask this thing over and over and over again. He said he won't tire out. Not only will he not tire out because of you, he will never get he will never get tired of you. He will never quit on you. Wow. Tenderness of Jesus. He will never quit on you. Even when you quit, he will not quit on you. That's why I thank God that my salvation is not based on my endurance. It's based on his endurance. It's not based on my faithfulness. It's based on his faithfulness. And it says the fifth point, he will not stop until he's finished his work. He will not stop until he's finished what he started in you. He who began a good work in you, he will finish it until the day, until the day 
of his return. What a contrast between the person of Jesus and the Pharisees of self-righteous, self-righteous religion. I want you to think about that because Pharisees are very prominent in the Bible. They were the self-righteous. They were the supposed leaders of the synagogues. They were supposedly the symbols of of how to relate to God, but they were the, really the opposite of how to relate to God. Pharisees and self-righteous religion is the exact opposite of the gospel of grace, because the gospel of grace is the gospel for a child. Unless we humble ourselves like a little child, we cannot even enter the kingdom of God. Someone who's been touched by Jesus tenderness. Someone who's been touched by the grace of God. We know we know if we've been touched by him that we don't jeopardize the love he has for us because of our mistakes. Imagine if we did imagine if we were jeopardizing God's love for us. Imagine if there's a certain number of mistakes that if we make a certain number, then he'll stop loving us. Imagine if that were true or imagine if we had to do certain things to earn that love, then everything we did would always be for a wrong reason. Every good thing we did would be for a wrong reason. And every time we tried to stop doing a bad thing, it would always be for a wrong reason. It would be to obtain an approval from God that he's already given us because of his love, simply by us putting our faith in Jesus. So let's contrast the Pharisee religion from the tenderness that Jesus has for us. The Pharisees are focused on personal effort and achievement. Jesus is focused on approval, acceptance and unceasing love. The Pharisees glory in their impeccable conduct. But we glory in the finished work of the cross. The Pharisees faith is rooted in self-dependence. Our faith is rooted in God dependence. The Pharisees celebrate their achievements. Jesus celebrates people. Jesus celebrates you and he celebrates me. He celebrates people. Wow, you get a hold of this and this will change your life. You know what I've been learning and what I'm still learning is my response to interruptions in my life, my response to people's interruptions or my response to people's negative feelings towards me or my response to people that hurt me, betray me, fail me, let me down. My response really reveals how much of Jesus tenderness that I believe in, because when somebody fails me, the tenderness of Jesus will make it easy for me to forgive. The tenderness of Jesus will make it easy for me to stop judging. The tenderness of Jesus will make it very difficult for me to retaliate. But I think the interruptions in life, when people mistreat us in life, those are good things because they reveal to us where our faith really is. They reveal to us how hard or soft our heart really is. And not not ashamed to admit it, I'm willing to admit it. I'm not happy about it in my life that 
many times I found that my response to people and my response to a situation revealed a hardness rather than a softness of heart. You see, this compassionate, tender life is not doesn't it's not sloppy goodwill towards the world, but it's not. This chronic plague of niceness. It's not where we're just trying to be nice. It's where we truly have tenderness. That we that the compassion of God, the love of God, the tenderness of God in our hearts opens our eyes to the worth in other people, to their unique worth, compassion of God. See, bitterness and hardness of heart, it makes us see people through their behavior and their actions. But compassion and tenderness causes us to see people. Through the lens of knowing their worth and their value as a human being. You know, that really is the struggle, the tension of our everyday lives. Listen, let me tell you what it's not, because this is what most where most Christians get it wrong. The Christian life is not a lifelong struggle to try to avoid sin and be sinless. That's what most people make it out to be. It's not a lifelong struggle to try to avoid sin and be sinless. That's actually easier to like. Avoid sin, just lock yourself in in a room without a Internet for a few days and you'll see there's not much sin you can do in that in that situation. But my point is that this Christian life is not a struggle to just try to have a lifelong avoidance of anything that's evil, but rather the Christian life is really the struggle in the Christian life is to be Christ like in how I think it's to be Christ like in how I see. Both myself and you, it's how, it's to be Christ like in how I think and how I see you, because that will affect how I treat you. You see that really people would rather say that they fasted. People would rather say that they they got rid of all their paraphernalia and the drugs that they took. People would rather say, look what I've done and or I've prayed five times today or if I've I've fasted from this or I've cut this out or I got rid of that person from my life. People would rather try to point to what they've done to abstain from something that they deemed to be bad. But while excusing ourselves for having thoughts about people that are less than how God sees them, to have thoughts about ourselves, to have thoughts about people, to see people as less than that is the struggle. That is where we should be focused. That is what tenderness causes. Tenderness causes us to see people and their worth, to see people and their value. Tenderness of heart causes us to see people as people to celebrate, to see the good in people, to find the good in people. Instead, we have a lot of Christian police officers going around everywhere, and I don't mean police in the good sense. We have a lot of Christian police that are out there measuring and limiting how much of God's love they think you should be allowed to have. But when people start measuring how much of God's love should be dispensed to individuals, we've missed the whole point. We've missed the whole point. Let me close with this verse in John, Chapter 15, and then I want to pray for you. 
In John, chapter 15, verse nine, Jesus said, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That word abide means remain in, stay in it, remain in it. Now, this is the battle. This is where we truly win spiritual warfare, where believing the love that he has for us and staying there, believing the love that he has for us and staying there, whether somebody treats you right or somebody treats you wrong. I'm believing the love God has for me and I'm staying in that love. I'm abiding in that love. When somebody tries to push me out of that love and trigger me with the things that the devil might try to trigger me with or what people might have learned that could trigger me, push all the buttons that get me a response from me, a negative response. I got to believe the love he has for me and stay there. It's not I got to make sure that I'm more loving to people. It's I got to believe the love he has for me and stay there. So then what you do to me does not affect where I'm staying in this love that he has for me or where you're staying in this love that he has for you. If we made that our spiritual battle, believing the love he has for us and staying there, abiding there, living in that place. The healing and the peace and the joy and the, the favor that will start blowing up in your life that will just be unfathomable. Let me pray for you first. If you've never received Jesus into your life, if you've never been born again, you're just a prayer away. Jesus already did all the work. All I'm inviting you to do is receive the gift. It's free gift. Receive it by grace. Are we saved through faith? It's the gift of God. Just pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive the gift. Just pray that out loud. I receive the gift of Jesus who died for me and rose from the dead. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. And from this moment forward, come on, pray that out loud. From this moment forward, I am a child of God. Well, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations and please reach me because I have a book that I want to get into your hands. The power of a new life. You can download this book for free anywhere in the world. Just go to our website at lifechangerschurch.com slash salvation. Let's pray for the tenderness of Jesus to flood our hearts, enlarge our hearts. Heavenly Father, we do ask you for that, that your love will flood our hearts, that your love will enlarge our hearts. Your love will cause our hearts to be bigger for the hurting, bigger for the lost, bigger for people that we would one time judge. And now we can love them with the love that you have for us. The tenderness, Lord, we invite the tenderness of Jesus. Just pray this. I invite the tenderness of Jesus to heal me, to soften my heart, to heal me of trauma, to deliver me from the scars in my heart and in my soul. I receive. The tender touch of Jesus healing love. Amen. Now, just stay there. 
Just hang in there. Don't hang in somewhere else. Hang in right here. In the love that he has for you, John 15, 9. I love you guys. I bless you. If you need anything, let us know. We're here for you and I can't wait to see you at our next service. God bless.